button has been hit. Hey, folks, welcome to an, another this. Let me just do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck it. Smooth burrito, here we go. Uh, so, video games and the people who play them. I'm Frank. And I'm Trevor. And I've been playing some video games recently. And, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, because they're cool. Yeah, they I, are cool. I, I, I also, funnily enough, I realized that we're going to have to do a Game of the Year podcast at some point, and I need to actually figure out what games I've played this year that were released this year. I've started writing mine down. I did that. started that last year um, just because it's so impossible to keep track of them year by year. Like, oh, yeah. I'll play something and thought that I played it or that it came out this year, and it was, like, a last year game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I'm going to go into, like, like fucking Steam and see if I can organize by release date or something. Right. But I have been playing... I was playing some Fallout 4, and I was Good basically game. just... Eh. I like it. <laughs> I was duct-taping mods to it in an effort to make it fun, and it never worked. Really? You don't like it? No, it's just, it, you get dropped into this world, and I realize why I don't like it, actually. And it's a problem that I think a lot of modern Bethesda games have had. Every single quest is just, here's a marker, go to it. And I've, I've uninstalled it at this point now to save some hard drive space, but I was actually tinkering around with the idea of reinstalling it, because I think that... That game and the other more recent Bethesda games are kind of designed with two differing ideas in mind when it comes to talking to people that inhabit the world versus actually playing the game. Because I have a feeling that if I turn the compass off and just try to get yeah, like, orient the... where I'm going based on the, the dialogue, I would have a lot more fun of a time. Play the like survivalist like hard mode. I can't remember what it's called. But my friend, I have a friend uh, that is just absolutely obsessed with Fallout games. He does not even play really much video games at all. But he's like the most hardcore Fallout fan I've ever met. And he plays these on like the hardest difficulty where you have to eat and drink. There's no like HUD. Um, it's just like a completely different fucking game at that point. Um, yeah, I'll have to I've... check it out. I was looking into that a little bit, but I didn't like the whole can't quick save aspect although someone has modded it of course so that like right. you can quick save in uh in survival and honestly like the way that i part, part of it was too i just wanted to get to the like automatron dlc as quick as possible yeah but i i am rolling with a shitload of robots because when i got to that dlc i realized these like the things I'm killing don't drop robot parts, and that doesn't make any sense because they're fucking robots. <laughs> so then I found someone had made a mod that fixes that so that the robots show up with r different parts and that they also drop them when they're killed. So now I'm, I was rolling, like at the end of it, I was rolling deep with four robots that were literally just Ada, the NPC. And then Ada, the NPC that I glitched out and could not dismiss. But whatever. And then I made Robocop 2 and the two failed ones from Robocop 2. 
I, I like I liked Fallout 4 a lot. I did not Fallout New Vegas is my favorite Fallout game. Um of course I did not like Fallout 4. I mean, I think it I didn't like it as much as New Vegas and I didn't like it as much as 3. So of the like modern Fallout games, I guess it was like probably my least favorite, but I still liked it a lot. Yeah, I I I did not like Fallout 3 much. Um I got bored of it around to like I got bored of it tooling around the Capital Wasteland and I think when you go into that museum is when I gave up. But yeah. uh I have not played New Vegas. Everyone says I should. I have installed it's the best now. Fallout game, hands down, dude. It's I, not even questionable. I might give it a shot because I'm still I'm still itching for the experience that Fallout 4 promised me that I did not get. But I don't, know I don't 100% know how to define will... what that is. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know New Vegas is going to provide you with that, but New Vegas is, in my opinion, even though like the same studio, studio didn't even make that game, is the definitive Fallout experience. In my oh, a, bunch of, a bunch of Interplay people made that, right? So that was original Fallout people. Yeah, it was. Um, I can't remember the studio. They made the recent game. Um, uh, what is it? Outer Worlds. Yes, that's the one. I can't remember what they named their studio either. And yeah, I think that like the idea of doing like the, the same Obsidian. Yeah, Obsidian. That's it. The idea of doing the same like loot shoot loop in something more narrative focused and less of just go to this point here definitely seems more interesting. So I'm gonna have to yeah. give it a shot. I also just I, I might just reinstall Fallout 4 just to experiment. Uh but I also hit some hard drive space issues and I had to delete a bunch of games. So like I tried to download Resident Evil 2 remake and my computer was just like, nah, that you game. don't have enough space, bro. Dude, that game is so good. Resident Evil 2 remake is superb. Yeah, I'm I've like I own it. And I've owned it for a few months, and I finally need to swing around to playing it. There's a lot on my backlog still, of course. But yeah, I know what you mean. Been yeah, playing I... anything else though? Oh, uh, let me think. No, that's about it. I uh, downloaded some stuff, but none of it's like crazy interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's been it for me. How about you? So I was one of the lucky few that got a ps5 on launch day i know that a lot of these were delayed but mine actually arrived on time so i was thankful i got like we were talking about this on the last podcast where a lot of shipping information wasn't coming through mine wasn't coming through i was totally of the mind that i was not going to get it but then i woke up the day i was that the day that the ps5 launched and it was like here's your shipping information it's gonna arrive today and i was like holy shit um <laughs> hold on to your butt yeah hold on your... yeah no shit um so i've been playing a lot of ps5 games um i've been playing i guess i'll i'll kind of go down the list um astrobot or astro's playroom is what it's called uh, this is the pack-in game for the ps5 it's supposed to show off the dual sense and um usually packing games i'll dabble a little bit and just kind of see what's going on this game is a fucking blast to play dude um it really takes advantage of a lot of like the dual sense haptic feedback shit 
uh, like when he's like walking on glass or ice, you can feel like the tapping and the controller. Um, there's like this area where he's like on a spring or something. And when you have to like pull down on the left trigger to get the spring to go down and pop up. Um, and you can kind of feel that tension there in the left trigger as you're pulling down for the spring. It's really cool. Um, and it shows off kind of what Sony's envisioning for this controller. Not all games take advantage of that fully yet. Um, and I'll get into that, but Astro's playroom is incredible. And there's all these like collectibles you can find that are very Sony centric. Some of them extremely obscure. Uh, if you have been a fan of PlayStation since the beginning, you're going to spot these and you're going to be like, dude, that's fucking cool. And they look extremely accurate. Like you can zoom in and like tap certain buttons to like fuck with them. Like um, the that I got, you remember the PS3, like the third slim PS3 model they came out with. It was a complete piece of junk that was plastic where the top disc tray slid open. Yeah, was, the weird like one. A, yeah, I collected that in there. And it's funny because you can you can slide open that top and close it. And when you do that, uh, the sound effect is like the exact sound effect that you would hear whenever you whenever you did that. Um, it's very like just hits on those nostalgia notes really well. And the collectible sense of it is really cool. And it just it's a game that really takes advantage of a lot of the PS5 stuff that they kind of want to push and it takes advantage of those cards which we'll get into a little bit later as well when we hit some news items um where you can hit collectibles it gets into those walkthroughs where if you can't find a collectible it'll show you where it is it doesn't give away that collectible but it'll show you like the direction you need to go in to get to it um it has incredibly like does takes advantage of like the ridiculous load times there's basically no load times in this game at all. Uh, and the graphics are amazing. Like, it looks stunning. Um, so Astro's Playroom, definitely a hit. Don't overlook it. If you get a PS5, that's the game I would jump into first. I was uh, totally writing that thing off just based on the PS4 one that they released. It was like, whatever. Yeah, this is fun. This is a legitimately fun game to play. And it's really, it holds up really well. Like, take everything I just said aside and just look at it as a platformer, which is what a 3D, 3D platformer, which is what it is. It's really fun in that aspect. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fun one. So I'll move next to Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, <laughs> this is another game that it, I was really, really looking forward to. I loved the Spider-Man game on the PS4. Um, Miles Morales is another one of those PlayStation games where it's not marketed as this like full-fledged title. It's a little cheaper than full price. I think it's 40 on PS4, 50 on PS5. Um, so it's $20 cheaper, respectively. Um, and... If you want to pay full price, you get a remastered version um, or an upgraded version of the PS4 game bundled in. Uh, some of the things it adds graphically. Uh, so you can go fidelity mode or you can go performance mode. And this is something I've been bouncing between and been torn on on a lot of games on the PS5 so far. 
um, because so many games are offering, I mean, maybe all of them I've played are offering a 60 frames per second mode. Um, and I like 30 frames with like all the bells and whistles. So Miles Morales has like ray tracing and a bunch of visual upgrades and um, like a 4K native resolution uh, at 30 frames per second. That's the fidelity mode. And it looks incredible. Like it looks really, really good um, in fidelity mode. And then performance mode takes out the ray tracing, knocks back some of the visual effects, and it is an upscaled, 4k from something slightly above 1440p i think um, with kind of maybe a scalable resolution where it adjusts based on what's happening on the screen and it runs at a steady 60 frames per second the whole time and man it looks so incredibly smooth (laughs) and it's like really hard to choose which one to play with um but i've found that i prefer the 60 frames per second mode because it just feels so good yeah, I think and, that's, for me, it's always going to be the 60 mode. Like, if I had one of these, I would always go for performance. Yeah, like, if I, you're... I was just going to say, I can understand, like, 30 can look cool, and it definitely can feel cinematic for some games, especially, like, a Spider-Man. Uh, but I feel like for the fidelity of control, you need that 60. Yeah, um, the... If I never would have gone to the performance mode, if I never would have tried the 60 frames per second mode, I would have been totally fine and completely blown away with the fidelity mode because it does really look good. The ray tracing is very well done. Um, and it looks like a truly next gen game. Like it looks really good, like a very significant step up from the PS4. Um, but the performance mode still looks graphically like a significant step up from the PS4 while also doing it at 60 frames per second. Um, and once you go there, that was the most next gen feeling, um, of the game for me. Like even with all the ray tracing and shit like that, it didn't feel as next gen as the performance mode did at 60 frames per second. Like I've been playing a lot of PC games lately. This felt like a more significant jump from the PS4 to the PS5 than the fidelity mode felt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man Miles Morales story is great. Uh, it's everything you would expect from like the Insomniac Spider-Man game, uh, the next entry. The I wish it was a full-fledged game. I wish it wasn't just like I finished the story in maybe like 12, 13 hours. I'm probably going to platinum it like 100% it. I'm still working on that. But the story... And Miles Morales, I thought, was significantly, actually significantly better than the original Spider-Man game that they had come out on PS4. I thought this was, like, overall a way better game than the PS4 Spider-Man. So, to me, it it, kind of sucks that it was shorter. Because if it was a full game, I really feel like they would have really topped that that PS4 game. Yeah, that's what you're going to get with these half measures, unfortunately. Yeah. It, Have you seen any uh, glitches? Because I've seen on Twitter, like, someone managed to turn into, like, one of those outdoor heater things, and then yeah, I've seen fly those, around dude. like that. Yeah. So, and someone, really like, funny. from the Spider-Verse movie was like, if we don't reference this, we are just not doing it right. <laughs> so I'm yeah. hoping that we see Heater Spider-Man in the next Spider-Verse thing. 
dude it's so good it's pretty funny <laughs> it, that that was pretty funny i love that um uh, i haven't oh, experienced yeah. it personally but that that was good um but yeah i loved spider-man miles morales definitely a great game at launch happy with that for sure next nice. one is probably my favorite launch game of all time for any console i've ever owned um do you have uh the old spoderman game on disc so uh i just got the bundle that came, the full priced version that came with the remake for spider-man um because apparently they added all the stuff, graphical effects and performance mode and all that shit to the original, the PS4 version of Spider-Man for the PS5. Um, so I wanted to do that. I wanted to go back. I never played the DLC and shit like that. So for 20 extra dollars, I figured I'd grab that. Oh, no, I uh, meant like, do you still have your original copy? No, I don't. Ah, oh, damn. I, I was going to have you send that to me because I'm cheap. Uh, I think I, <laughs> I got it digitally. Ah, um shit. originally so yeah i still have the digital version but i never i never got it on disc but how, um, how am i supposed to sit on a spider-man game and never play it if you don't provide me the game if you don't provide me with the... <laughs> <laughs> i just buy all this round frank just for you oh yeah I'm, I'm i'm sure i'll find it for like no you could probably get it for cheap some point. Yeah. yeah um I, I don't i don't imagine it would cost too much um but yeah the next game, this game, Demon Souls Remake, man. So it was just recently, really, that I've started to get into Souls games. I got into Bloodborne when it launched, loved it, tried other Souls games afterwards, could not get into them. But this year, probably about six, seven months ago, played a little bit of Dark Souls Remaster, played Dark Souls 3, and started to really get into Dark Souls games. And so when they announced Demon's Souls Remake was coming to PS5 as a launch game, and this is like the only true launch exclusive, like the, you can only play this on PS5, um, I was really excited. And this is the best showcase for the PS5, hands down. Yeah, that game, like I've seen screeners that... It's incredible, looked dude. nice. That, that, that game, I was like, this looks so good, I kind of want to fucking buy one, God damn it, Dude, it really looked... It could rival any PS or any PC game that I've played um, anytime recently from a graphical fidelity standpoint to a performance standpoint, especially when we're talking about from software games who typically lack in performance because they're just poorly optimized oh, yeah. most they, of the they, time. They can't do, especially on PC, they just, they're pretty cat like when it comes to putting yeah. out PC versions. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. So I was very happy um when i started playing this game when i booted it up and was like man this game looks in incredible this is another case where they have a fidelity and a performance mode and the fidelity mode runs at native 4k no upscale no anything it's like full stop native 4k at 30 frames per second with some extra like visual effects and particle effects and shit like that um, and then it has a 1440p upscaled 60 frames per second mode. Obviously, for Demon Souls, for any Souls game for that matter, you need 60 frames per second. Yeah. Without a doubt. You, you cannot be playing. If you're playing a Souls game at 30 frames per second, you are 
you're gonna miss every parry under the sun <laughs> yeah it's not gonna end well for you um but yeah the, it runs incredibly well it is performance wise it's the best souls game i've ever played um and it looks incredible it is also the hardest souls game i have ever played jesus dude it is so hard that game like demon souls and i hear that they've done some things to the remake to make it e like easier than the original but like demon souls always had the reputation for just being difficult to the point of being unfair it is unfair frank this <laughs> game there have been multiple occasions where i've wanted this whole world white and dark white and black tendency shit where the more you die the harder the game gets is fucking bullshit yeah there's a reason why they took it out i'm surprised um, it's still in like so i watched an interview with blue point and digital foundry recently where they just from software gave them the code for this game um so like basically everything is the same down to some of the glitches that happened in the original game um uh except for like graphical fidelity and performance so it's still really fucking hard and the thing about demon souls is there's no fucking checkpoints dude and there's very few shortcuts like bloodborne perfected the souls fucking world design just perfected it it, was, it is so flawless like <laughs> The way they do the shortcuts and the levels that get you back to certain areas that will keep you going to where you die, but you're not so pissed off that you have to replay like three hours worth of game to get back to where you were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Demon Souls does not give a fuck. All right. You get one art stone for each boss. That's it. So, like, you make it all the way to the fucking boss and die, you start at the very beginning again. Um, there are shortcuts in most levels, but they're much trickier to find. It's not like Bloodborne where, like, you'll come across a door, you open it, and bam, this is obviously a shortcut. Perfect. In Demon's Souls, it's much more, like, hidden, right? Like, you may never find the shortcut, and it's just, it's a much harder game. I'm making significant process, I think, or progress. I think I'm like six or seven bosses in, um, maybe about almost halfway through the game. Um, it, it's just, it's so much harder, but it is much more addictive in that it's much more satisfying to get through. Uh, it's a lot it's like super rewarding and the boss fights are super memorable. It's, it's great. It's a great game. I, I would say that like, this is the most fun that I've had playing the PS five hands down. Damn. I saw some interesting talk about the graphics on Twitter. Someone was like, it was hilarious. I, I'm pretty sure this guy was wrong, but someone was like, Oh, these new graphics just feel like, they haven't captured the necessary spirit of whatever, and then the screenshots they showed. One looked amazing. That was the new one. The other one was, like, peak brown. Like, peak brown from the fucking early PS3 era. Right. And I'm like, I don't know what point you're trying to get across, but this does not do it. Oh, because the Demon Souls had so much, like, 
charm with its muddy gray and brown graphics. Yeah, like, I love not being able to like see shit. anything. Demon's Souls look like shit, dude. It's an old game. It did not look great. And most Souls games, like Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne were like the first Souls games that actually started to look half decent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they've always not, they've always been relatively ugly games. Oh, yeah. And I like another interesting thing. My roommate said this was uh, apparently some of the characters that are now fully mocapped weren't previously. And that enhances their creepy factor, which really works yeah. really well for some characters. It does. Yeah, I would agree. Um, there, there's, there's definitely some new shit about like the graphical elements that they added to this game that make it quite a bit more immersive. I would say it's it's the best PS5 launch title and the best reason to get a PS5 at launch for sure. And then I've been playing. I I've I've been set to review Godfall. Um, this is a game. I'm torn on a little bit, mostly because I wanted to like it. Uh, a lot of the stuff around what it was supposed to be and what it was promised sounded really cool. This looter slasher that looked really cool. That it was all about getting. I like looter games. It was all about getting like cool weapons and gear and shit like that with an end game where you can play co-op. And it doesn't really fulfill much of those promises at all, in any way, shape, or form. Um, the combat is fun. Uh, the combat is deep and you can have a lot of fun with the boss fights in Godfall. Um, the environments and graphically, it looks amazing. This is another PS5 showcase game where it really takes advantage of like the new hardware and the game looks phenomenal. Um, but that's where kind of like the positive stuff about it really kind of stops. Uh, it gets really repetitive um mission structure is set across like these three main worlds um and you really kind of go through them a lot like you spend a lot of time in these same areas doing different missions a lot of the enemies can get repetitive uh if you're not playing on the hardest difficulty uh then all of the deep complex combat mechanics that they added in don't really matter because you can just button mash your way through it um it's just i don't know it feels like a launch game you know what i mean yeah i'm sure that godfall 2 will be fine that's what i'm saying i think there is a solid foundation there there are good things about this game a lot of people are like comparing it to anthem it's not as bad as anthem like a lot of people are like it's just another anthem it's like no dude it's not that bad like there is fun to be had here um and there are solid pieces put here. There's a good foundation for this game. It's just none of them really like none of the good and like okay pieces come together to make like a cohesive solid experience. It's right? the first Borderlands game. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Like it just doesn't it doesn't gel. No, and the story's trash. Um it is so bad. It's just so by the numbers, man. I mean, this is like maybe if this was like 15 years ago, this would pass for okay in video games, but it's not, and this is not okay, and it's a bad story. Damn. 
Um, but there's fun. Like I said, there's fun to be had. I'll throw on like uh, some of the time I was playing is throw on like some music or podcast in the background or be in like a chat or whatever and just go through and kill shit, get new loot. That can be fun at times. Like there is fun to be had here. It's just it's not the best game you should be playing at launch. And there's probably like five or six other games on the PS5 you could be playing at launch that you would have a lot more fun with. Well, hopefully they uh, fix that stuff in the sequel, I suppose. Oh, I did want to talk about one thing that I saw. Uh, this is more in relation to the Demon Souls thing because it also involves Blue Point. I just saw this this morning. There's a rumor going around that Blue Point is going to do a Metal Gear Solid remake. Yeah, there is like an Easter egg in Demon Souls for that. I haven't seen it myself, but I think I saw it online somewhere um, huh. where there's like a Metal Gear, like the original Metal Gear Solid. Um, there's like an Easter egg in there somewhere. I think that Sony's going to end up buying Blue Point or acquiring Blue Point as one of their first party studios. And I think we're in for a lot of really cool fucking remakes of some great PlayStation games because Blue Point has proved that they are fucking great at making at remaking games. Like that's just their fucking niche dude. And they have nailed it. Yeah. It will be interesting to see the first new retelling of metal gear solid. That doesn't involve Kojima. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that you'll still get a lot of love there. Uh, because, even though from from software didn't really have anything to do with building out this Demon Souls remake, but I think a lot of the process to to for Blue Point is just like staying incredibly true to the original. Beat oh yeah, I'm beat. sure that they'll be more slavishly accurate to Metal Gear than the Twin Snakes on GameCube was. Yeah, for sure, I would agree with that. That game's insane. That game has a jet engine noise every five seconds for no reason. Isn't there a boss fight that makes that has like the first person mode make it ten times easier? I think so, yeah. Um, I can't remember which one, but yeah, some of the stuff they brought over from Metal Gear Solid 2 into that game just completely ruined the encounters and they didn't really balance for it well. Yeah. It's also been a hot second since I played that. Yeah, me too. Um, moving on from that, so let's talk about the PS5's activities system. Yeah, um, you had some thoughts, so I'll let you get into it first on so, what you think. Yeah, so the PS5 has a new feature, which essentially allows for you to go into a menu, and, and, and it, this is, this seems largely focused on open world games, and not every game is doing it, but... For, like, Miles Morales, for example, you go into this menu, and then it has a bunch of various things that you can do in the world that you can just click on, and it'll take you there, and then it uh, you can go do that thing. It estimates how long it takes to complete. I think it's a really handy feature for time-strapped gamers. The only worry that I have for it... Um, actually, ironically enough, too... Of all games, like, it wasn't part of the console, obviously, but Tony Hawk's Underground and all of the Tony Hawk games have always kind of had this gold list thing in their open world iterations, which I think is a good idea to get over the very, very dog shit open world design of those games. 
and I what I worry about is this being used as a crutch for getting past bad or just inconsistent open world design. Yeah, you feel like the developers may use this card system to just have it as an excuse for people to just skip over traversing the world or whatever because yeah. it just sucks. Yeah, cause I, like, I, I don't think, like, obviously Miles Morales uh, probably isn't one of those games because the studio, it's a big cash cow for them, they care about that. But some random Ubisoft thing that just gets dashed <laughs> off. Like, you know, the first Division, the first Watch Dogs, like, a few of the, the Assassin's Creed games. One of them is essentially just going to be built around this feature to get past the fact that their open world design is lacking, and that I worry about. It could just be me being pragmatic, but uh, I don't know. It's also this weird gamification of games thing, almost. I feel like the trophy and achievement system already did that, though. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I don't fuck with those either. Like, I never have, so... I do. I like them. I like as much gamification as you can give me, honestly. <laughs> um, I love platinuming a game or 100% achievements. Like, it's just nice to have that, like, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, I have done everything that, like, needs to be done in this game, period. I have, like, come fucking completed it you know what i mean um i enjoy that as far as these activities are concerned it's completely optional for the developers to put it in i think for um collectathons like games like spider like open world games like spider-man miles morales for example um or platformers like astro's playroom who also has it well implemented this is good um and from my experience with the activities, it's never taking taking you directly to every collectible. So, for example, in Miles Morales, there's uh, you can collect these. Um, what do they call them? Time capsule items throughout the map, and you literally just go to the map and you find them there's nothing left else to do it's just going to find them you cannot open a card and load yourself right into that item that's not an option um it'll one of the cards will give you the amount of time they think it'll take for you to find those items um one of those cards will tell you what percentage of those items you have found but you can't click on a specific item its location and then get teleported to it um where it does teleport you to places is like street crimes um if you have like street crimes or whatever that you need done you can like hit an activity and then it'll take you there and then you still have to do the thing um and then some of these like combat uh upgrade missions or stealth upgrade missions or whatever uh, if you click on that card and it'll take you there and then you still have to do the thing, right? So it's not everything and it's definitely not teleporting you directly to collectibles where, okay, hit the card, go to the collectible, collect it, hit the card, go, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? It's not doing that, which is good. Yeah. Um, and for Astro's Playroom, it's kind of similar where it's like, okay, you've gotten 
60% of the artifacts that you need collected for this area. Um, and it divides the levels up by area. Um, so there may be like five or six areas per level. Um, and it'll be like you found 60% uh, of the collectibles in this area. And then you can hit that card and then go back to that area in the level. And then try to find, try to 100% that area and then go to another area. You know what I mean? Um, so it's not too hand-holding from what I've seen. But it does make for a much quicker and refined collect collectible experience especially for time strap people like myself um it does kind of make me wonder what's the point i have never been a collectathon guy i don't like riddler trophies i think that honestly if you look at if you look at open world design um i feel like there was a sea change at some point and i would peg that around the between saints row 2 and saints row 3 I feel like Saints Row 2 is very narratively designed, and a lot of its missions are bespoke, whereas Saints Row 3 does the favored open-world thing of narratively design the first mission of a set of mission types, and then the rest yeah. of them are just auto-generated. And I'm not really a fan of that, but I just I wonder, like, what's the point of sticking Riddler trophies or whatever all around the map? that I'm supposed to find if I can then hit a button to teleport to the general area. Like, but I, I question the fun in finding the Riddler trophies in the first place. I think, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think this is all going to be how developers implement it. Like I said, yeah, with, yeah. with, with Spider-Man there, like the, the items that you just have to find, you can't even teleport to the general area. There's no teleporting involved for those whatsoever. You still have to go and find them yourself. Um, it's only like missions that'll teleport you to the general area of that mission. And I do um, also think, like, what I really like about it is the aspect of the game giving me the cards and then informing me, hey, this is probably going to take about 15 minutes to complete because I like that a lot. Yeah, you know, when you're busy and you want to get some gaming in, in like a lunch break or something, that comes in handy. And this is really good for like people that want to collect trophies, like me. I like platinum in games um, and for me to be able to go in there and be like, okay, I want to play Spider-Man for a little bit, grab a few trophies. I can go through those cards and be like, okay, I'm 60% done with progress on this 70% done with this. Take about 15 minutes for me to grab this trophy type thing. Right? So it's much easier for me to go in there manage my time, get the trophies that I want to get, that I'm really close to and as quickly as possible. Um, but I know what you mean. The trophies and completionist aspect is very specific to some people that some people just aren't into it. Um, for me, I, for me, it's just depending on the game, right? I don't complete 100% of the games I play, but Spider-Man has some really cool collectibles in there that if like you're a fan of comic books, those are going to appeal to you. Um, having those collectibles and then having like once you collect them they've got like a lot of background information you can go in through them and like look yeah, at them i like stuff and... like that i i suppose i meant more the bar boring dog shit like the flags in assassin's creed that do nothing or the zelda fucking um what do you call them the breath of the wild uh 
things where there's like 999 of them. Oh, the fucking the, the Korok nuts or whatever. Yeah, the Korok seeds. Yeah, the those like there's no appeal. And then you collect all of them and you get a Korok poop. <laughs> they literally give you like it's for... like it's like the develop Nintendo is just trolling you for being a completionist. Is this a joke? No, like... dude, it's real. I'm telling you. Mean, well, I mean, from them. Like, oh, yeah, this is definitely them trolling you. This is Nintendo trolling the fuck out of you. That's funny. And trolling that's the fuck I mean. out of open world games. To me, that's exactly the way I saw it. They were like, here, we put all these collectibles in there. You can find them. And you'll get a prize at the end, just like all the other open world games out there, right? Because that's what makes open world games appealing. No. You got a that, piece. That you is... literally get a piece of shit. I think that, uh, like, that is kind of the rub for me, is that I appreciate more the... I'm going to call it the living world idea of an open world game like Breath of the Wild or Ghost of Tsushima or even some games with a time element involved like Way of the Samurai where like Ghost of Tsushima nailed it dude yeah that you, open, you, you like encounter things world. more naturalistically yeah The Witcher 3 did a really good job too especially for its time um, that's another where... game that I need to play on my list because I still haven't and I I've owned a copy for a minute I just downloaded it because I got my GOG going again I think The Witcher 3 is what forced developers from other studios to kind of revamp how they built open worlds because for a while it was getting very stagnant. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I guess with that, uh, we can move on to news. News. Everyone's favorite. Let's uh, start with this quick guy here. Uh, Project 007 has been announced by IO Interactive of Hitman fame. Uh, we just have a teaser that says barely anything and doesn't give us any gameplay, but that's been announced. I honestly... I they they said it's like an origin story. Yeah, yeah. I just mean like gameplay-wise. I'm really just hoping for an expanded James Bond-flavored Hitman game, I think. Yeah, that would be tight as fuck. Honestly, I would love that. Yeah, especially if, like, like say they made, like, the climactic go-to-the-thing-in scenario from... And I know that they're not going to do this if this is going to be an origin game, but, like, just spitballing. If they made, like, the cli climactic go-to-the-enemy's-hideout set piece that they have in every Bond movie, the level, like, the Hitman level, and then you have to go complete the Bond movie, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I think that we could be in for some very unique takes on 007 video games. I like that IO Interactive is doing it for the reason that I think the Hitman formula from a game design perspective works really well here. Um, and I think we will see some elements yeah. uh, from that. All you need to do is add drinking and boning and you're done. Yep. Lots of drinking and boning. Anyway, that, that'll, be fun. that'll be a fun James John game. <laughs> in in more in more humorous news, Marvel's Avengers. You remember that game? You remember yeah, it has yeah. not recouped its development costs yet. It doesn't surprise me, man. When I saw the numbers of what they sold and like how quick it went on sale and how desperate they were to get people to fucking buy this game and play it, I was like, this is not good. This game is done, son. Yeah, it's done. It is apparently a sixty-seven million U.S. dollar loss, like net Man, loss. What a waste! What? Where? 
I said, what, what, what that that is just a disaster. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money to plow into a turd, let me tell you. They had to know, like, people were playtesting this. They had to know that that, like, multiplayer in-game portion was not going to move. Like, this actually has, like, it has to do with the previous news item, too. Because IO Interactive is its own company, because Square made the brilliant decision after that first Hitman game was released to sell them. Yeah, I know. Like... Luckily, that like luckily, people involved in that company were able to buy it and make it its own entity. But like, you sold them and then had Crystal Dynamics spend like what five years or something making what this Marvel sucks, game, dude. What sucks, man, is if if they would have just let Crystal Dynamics do Crystal Dynamics things and made the story more robust and the main focus of this game, this would have been a good game. It would have sold well, and the budget would have been significantly lower. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, 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 honestly, this game got screwed the instant that they wanted to do an MCU game and couldn't get the likeness rights. Like, you should have just canceled it at that point, or completely massively retooled what you were going to do with it. Yeah, Because it, it feels like it's supposed to be this big set piece of, hey, look! It's Chris Evans as Captain America trademark, and you can now play as him in a custom adventure story of your very own or whatever. And then, you know, now you're just some guy. Yeah, I know what you mean. I but... I liked the main story. I thought it was fun. I thought it was really well done. The combat was, like, decent. And Yeah, yeah. It, it, I thought, and I wasn't the only one who thought that a lot. It was, like, kind of well known that a lot of like critics thought that the story was really good but the overall game the focus around microtransactions and the end game being essentially just repetitive nonsense going through like five minute missions that you've already played a hundred times just to gather loot drops that were terribly built out um was just not good in every sense of the word like yeah, it was just I bad I am really hoping that, honestly, at this point, these companies are understanding that, like, this weird Anthem-style Destiny knockoff, like, I want to call it Looter Shooter, but it's even more vapid than that. Just, like, this Loot Fest style of game that gets tied into games as a service in this weird manipulative Skinner box way to get you to pay for microtransactions. It doesn't make video games that people want to play, and they should stop. They should. I mean, a lot of people are trying to chase that Destiny money and that fan base. Um, because there are people, even with its downfalls, that are still obsessed and love Destiny. Yeah. Like, eat it up. And I think, if we're talking about games as a service, Destiny is the games of, as a service. and They're extremely successful. And unfortunately, the people, the games that are chasing that have all failed. Like, I can't think of one that's even come close. Yeah, it also might be a thing where you, even if you made like a super competent version of that style of game, it might be a case like MMOs where there can only really be one big player in the market and then the rest of everyone kind of just has to deal with scraps. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, obviously MMOs have collapsed to the point where WoW is not the big deal it once was and you have final fantasy and they have like 
kind of a kind of a split and then you know there's a bunch of little mmos or whatever and saying this as someone who's not really plugged into that world so take it with a grain of salt but no you're, like... you're basically on the nose with that i mean it's essentially wow and final fantasy 14 that own the most uh share of yeah. that audience and That's any great. any game that wants to be the new destiny is going to have to peel people off of destiny and given how destiny players have been honestly get mistreated and given the short shrift from Bungie, and yet they're still hanging on that's gonna be a tough like that that's a tough proposition to peel people off that game i know i mean i still like destiny and honestly it's been so long since i've gotten into it if it wasn't so difficult for me to understand and get back to where i needed to be to continue to play it i would continue to play it like if I was yeah. able to jump off Destiny for long periods of time and come back to it and understand what the fuck was going on without playing it for several hours, um, then I would I would play it often. Yeah. But, but that's unfortunately just... antithetical to that design of game exactly. because they want you doing right. like dailies and weeklies and like yep. logging on every day and shit. Yep. The game's fun and it does what it does well. And the end game and the pvp are what keep you motivated for that looter aspect and i don't understand why other games can't get around this godfall for example is a perfect example where pvp and i mentioned this in my review and i don't know if this is just a personal thing for me but if you're gonna have a looter game where the main focus is building up your equipment and getting the best weapons and the best possible like gear score and all that right and continuing with the in-game grind pvp is like the motivation that is going to get a shitload of players just no matter how shitty your in-game is they're going to keep playing it so that way they can do better in pvp yeah like and that 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 is the drive and why so many of them are just like no 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 pvp um, I think that yeah. there is also a massive, like, not really related, but also affecting this, is that there's a massive backlash in the game-making space, especially from these larger companies, and especially from Nintendo, and we'll get into that later, against any sort of idea of competitiveness in these games, because they're worried that they're going to drive away a supposedly existent casual player base that would be willing to grind gear and destiny for no real benefit or not, i guess I mean, destiny's the wrong one to pick Desti yeah destiny's PvP, the wrong one because like, they do have like strikes and stuff that yeah. are really good for co-op um that are pve that yeah um, yeah but that's what you need you need either good pvp or good pve or you're not going to and you need an exclusive PvP and PvE content yeah. for the end game, dude. That's what that's what you need. You need gear scores and exclusive content where you have to reach a certain gear score level or reach a certain like player level or whatever to get to. If you're just grinding through the same fucking levels you did through the campaign over and over and over again on harder difficulties to get better loot, if there's no exclusive content to play no one's going to keep playing it and that was the yeah. problem with avengers and to me that's the problem with godfall yeah why am i why am i grinding to unlock the big king smite hammer 
if I can't king smite anyone. Yeah. And and if you, and or if you or if the people you can king smite are the same fucking people you've been king smiting the whole fucking time you've been yeah, playing yeah. the game. Except you they have a mean? bigger number over their head. Yeah, exactly. No, that's the, I I don't understand how from a game design perspective how developers haven't grasp this concept yet to me i mean it's been time like they've had plenty of time several years at this point several games that have failed yeah to look at so well i think part of that is just hubris and thinking that whatever didn't work for those games is going to work for ours fine because we're smarter so we don't have to actually think about that but you know on a side note interestingly enough one game series i'm surprised hasn't gotten into this is borderlands like you would think that I Borderlands like Borderlands would have been totally one of these games. Um, I like Borderlands because they straddle that in between, right? They yeah. own, they don't market themselves as a full on games of service co op, whatever. I enjoy Borderlands as just like an isolated fucking story mode, get through, get awesome loot experience that I could return to later and have fun with friends if I feel like it. Um, but it's not marketed as this like get the best like it is market is like get the best loot and do this and do it like but their appeal for the best loot is like just the weird shit their loot does right so guns and weapons like you want to get some crazy gun just so you can use it yeah Uh, yeah and i think that's also another thing that a lot of these games are missing because if you think about this avengers game what could you do with iron man uh you could unlock various parts and i am doing the largest finger quotes there that gave you just plus two to this plus two to that whatever didn't even change how your character looked visually because we need to sell costumes separately so that you can go to a verizon store and get a fucking costume for some reason dude i hated that that was the worst part of adventures all the gear you got did nothing yeah yeah from, and like if, if, if you're not gonna have good end game content in terms of what like the players either encountering each other or the players encountering the world you need to have loot that people actually want like and and that's not to say that you can do a game without loot that uh like that like a game without loot is always going to be bad i think shadow of mordor does a good job of giving you incremental power upgrades while not changing how the character's model looks but I 100% that's also a different game like style entirely. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that as long as there's like this new, somewhat original aspect to it, that makes it unique. um, There's something to keep an audience going. Borderlands three is just off the wall or borderlands in general is just off the wall. Fucking nuts. Crazy. Their weapons are insane. You, the weapons you play with in borderlands, are like nothing you will ever play in any video game ever period there is some extremely creative weapon and gear design in borderlands games and so they can really move off just that they know it the audience knows it people that play those games play the games for those weapons right you know what i mean yeah it it even goes back to like diablo where a lot of the later game weapons and the harder difficulty weapons and the rare drops do a ton of interesting shit that you don't see the more common ones doing, and there's your draw. Although Diablo has always had good, like, endgame raid content, too. And yeah, I think not Diablo. So I guess they're yeah. not really a good example no, either. Diablo Maybe it's the, the problem. Like, doing it right, in my yeah. opinion. 
Maybe the problem is that games as a service is a super wishy-washy term that no one really knows what it means, and we just know what it's not. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, so yeah, maybe we should stop making them. Anyway, moving on. More out of the rumor mill. Uh, so, apparently, by accident, assumingly, some listings went up on Amazon for Red Dead Redemption The Outlaws Collection on Xbox Series S and X and PlayStation 5 and PS4. So and it includes the original too, right? Upgraded. Yeah. yeah, dude, I'm all in on this. Oh, dude. Like, get me a PC version from that Xbox thing, maybe? But, like, you know, the, the, the tales of how difficult the original Red Dead Redemption was to get working, let alone porting it, are legendary. So, but maybe they have figured it out with this supposed upgrade. Either way, this would be cool if it came out. Yeah, uh, I would be mad hyped on this. I think the graphical upgrades... Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of the best-looking games I've ever played. It looks stunning on PC. If they can get it looking anywhere close to that on the PS5 and Xbox Series X, I'm all on board for replaying that game. I mainlined Red Dead Redemption 2 the first time I played it because I wanted to avoid spoilers because back then it was really hard to avoid Red Dead Redemption spoilers for some reason because everybody was playing it and everybody felt like spoiling it for some odd reason. So like everywhere I looked, it was like impossible. I would like get something spoiled. So I mainlined that game and didn't get to experience a lot of like the side shit that I wanted to do. So I've been meaning to replay that game for sure. Nice. One thing that I do feel like works against this rumor being true is that, as we all know, Rockstar has never re-released a game ever. And they don't do that. They'll never re-release a video game. They won't release the same video game across three consoles. No, they won't like, do that. Yeah, they never they never re-release things, so it's not going to happen. Like a, they're not going to add like a first-person mode um, yeah. or something like that. They're not going to maybe add some online edition that's going to try to keep people playing forever and then never make another one again. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the, dipping out of the meme for a second, that was another thing that is apparently is happening. Uh, Red Dead Online is going to be a separate free-to-play game yeah. from RDR2. And honestly, I hope this gets that's I, fine. Yeah, that's good. And I hope that this gets more people playing Red Dead Redemption 2 online because... There are some good aspects to Red Dead Online. Um, if they can fix some of like the bugs and issues with the overall experience, it's really fun. All right. And if they can get more people playing, I think it would be I mean, it's definitely not gonna rival GTA online, but I think it would be a lot a lot of fun. And I think free to play is a step in the right direction. Yeah, and that that too, and like I haven't granted I haven't played RDR two. I have not played RDR two online, but I played the first one. And what I want to get out of that game, which is making a posse with a couple people and going and, like, trying to fuck up somebody, you couldn't really, like, in the open world, you couldn't really get that because everything was instance-based. GTA Online also does that annoyingly. I don't know how Red Dead Redemption Online, like, RDR2 Online does, but hopefully it's not that. This would it's give a me a chance bit. to check. It's, it's a lot different than GTA Online, and it's much more grounded, and it's the reason why a lot of people hate it. Um, it's because it's just not so off-the-wall insane, um, which is the theme around Red Dead Redemption 2 in general, uh, is that it's just like this more grounded, 
ultra realistic experience. Yeah, I'll put all insane is one thing. I just mean like quality of life stuff that GTA Online does not do correctly. Given how it's built, I would like to see like I shouldn't have to reload the entire map after loading an instance of the entire map. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was I got I wanted to get back on GTA Online, but that's what kept me from doing it. Like it was just fucking annoying, dude. It's a it's a nightmare, especially if you just get like fucking blatted by someone and then end up in the wrong server as your friend, and then you have to like reunify, like where you are, and then if you go into a thing, you can get to you you know you remember how fucking awful it was. Yeah, we streamed it a couple times, spent half our stream on loading screens. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I will probably try out Red Dead Online, just install it and like. See if it has those issues, or if they're improving their online infrastructure. Just because I'm infra- interested, infrastructured. Uh, but yeah, speaking of controversial game design decisions, or I suppose it's not really design. Deathloop, that new Bethesda Zenimax id software, whatever the hell. I don't think it's an id game. I think but it's anyway, arcane. The, the people make Dishonored. Yeah, the so. the new uh, yeah, it's arcane and Bethesda apparently. Um, but yeah, the new shooter coming from them is going to have Denuvo on PC. Isn't that nice, kids? Oh, Yeah, I can't wait to have to install yet another copy of the same rootkit that can thrash the shit out of my solid state by decompressing and recompressing the same chunks of data. Because these game companies still are laboring under the delusion that piracy actually costs them sales. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that sucks, man. Um, Is this a PS5 exclusive on console? I can't remember. Is it coming to Xbox? Um, I don't know. Like, I would assume. I know that uh, it's actually our next story. Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 are coming to Xbox Game Pass Day 1. Yeah, I saw that all Bethesda games from here on out, from like now until the future, undetermined, is coming Game Pass day one. Yeah, so I would suppose this would have to, but it might be caught in that weird limbo zone of stuff that was being made before the buyout. I don't know. I'm sure that they will corral it in by the time their May 21st, 2021 release date rolls around. But yeah, this page doesn't even make any mention of an Xbox version, so Lord knows. I think this is a PS5 exclusive for a limited period of time. I think that there is some exclusivity here. Uh, it's like a timed exclusive. Yeah. Also, apparently um, Belle Delphine got banned off of YouTube. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> the uh, the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield announcements coming to Xbox Game Pass Day One is huge for them. I think that's incredible for their their service. It's definitely the best game service, period, hands down, in a story that exists. Right? I mean, yeah, I I don't know about you, but I'm really interested into what we're going to get out of Starfield because we haven't. We've seen not much of it at all. A couple leaked screenshots and stuff. That's about it. Like, there's no... There's no even real, like, concept information about it. 
like i mean we don't have that for elder scrolls 6 either i mean like well, yeah but let, that's gonna yeah. be an elder scrolls game yeah like the starfield is this new thing yeah. i think like i picture it as a fallout type game more than an elder scrolls type game i don't know that doesn't mean anything <laughs> like they're basically the same game I mean, I guess in in some terms, I, I, I just yeah, I feel what... like this is more of like a like post like maybe in a pot like a post apocalyptic type thing is what I meant. But oh, I just I I mean like like the actual from a game design st- yeah. standpoint, yeah. I don't know. We don't know. It could, it could be a fucking RPG or an action game or a shooter. Like they haven't given us any information on what it is. I honestly really hope it's not just the same fucking Gamebryo Elder Scrolls gameplay with a new coat of paint, because damn. But hey, we'll see. Um, I'm very interested in it. I also, my hope for it gameplay-wise is that it is a class-based shooter similar to Borderlands, where you get to pick of from the four different Seinfeld main characters. And, uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly onward. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, but Twitch has a new affiliate fast track program. I don't know about this. So, previously to get tr- Twitch affiliate, you had to have 50 followers, 500 total minutes of broadcast over at least 7 days, and an average of 3 or more concurrent viewers, which... On the one hand, can be easy to get, depending on how lucky you are. On the other hand, it can also be a total bitch. But, like, I know for some people who have that, it's a badge of honor, even if they might not have any of the higher tier ones. So now, for $5 a month, in partnership with the record label Monster Cat, you can get access to the Monster Cat back catalog, which uh, is fine for streaming and apparently won't trip, trip Twitch's annoying-ass DCMA takedown system that's been in the news lately. And also, you just get free affiliate status. For $5 a month. Like, no requirements whatsoever. You just pay and get affiliate. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Affiliate was like a badge of honor. Now it's nothing. Yeah, now it's absolutely meaningless. Like... Oh, if you have lame. $5 a month, you can now just be a Twitch affiliate. and You might as well just stream on YouTube at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need it. Like, I don't know if YouTube's the answer, because Lord knows they have their own DMCA issues, but I feel like we need a new fucking streaming platform. Mixer tried, but Twitch ate its lunch. Yeah, well, Mi- Mixer is now Facebook gaming or whatever, and, you know. They, they... <laughs> and apparently you can make more money off Facebook. The ceiling's much lower, but I've heard people, I know a couple people that stream off Facebook that are, were, like, instantly successful. Because it's just so easy. It's so, like, it's where all your shit is. Like, it's, e- like, everybody on your new, on your friends list, you pop up when you stream on your newsfeed instantly. So, like, you yeah. get viewers so much more organically. Honestly, alerting people to Twitch broadcasts going up has always been one of my biggest issues with Twitch because, like, there's Twitter integration and yada yada, but there's no real way, I feel, to get notified if you're interested that, like, a streamer's going live other than, like, 
I guess app notifications if you have that installed, or maybe like if you have it hooked into the into your email. But Twitch has always been its kind of self can an own self-contained ecosystem, which is the advantages to Facebook gaming. But I'm not getting back on Facebook, so <laughs> I'm not going to be trying. Yeah, this. Facebook, I don't think is the answer. No, no, no. Uh, honestly, really, what needs to happen because any any streaming platform that gets large enough is going to run into these stupid. DMCA roadblocks, especially as the RIAA, who's the the large driver behind a lot of this as its music getting claimed for 90% of cases, is just trying to shore up missing profits from, you know, 2020 not having any concerts. Yeah, I know what you mean. That has been a disaster for sure. Yeah, and you know, they could totally do stuff like, I don't know, run some fucking concerts on Twitch or... Maybe ask Amazon about some sort of blatant licensing thing, kind of like what the BBC does with a bunch of record companies to where it wouldn't be an issue, and maybe make a little bit of money that way, because, I don't know, I, there's a better way to handle this. But Yeah, for sure. Ra- rounding out uh, the last story that I have, at least, speaking of better ways to handle things, so... There's a Smash Brothers tournament called the Big House 10 that has apparently enjoyed a certain level of Nintendo of America support, uh, like last year, um, possibly in years previous, although I'm not 100% familiar with it, I just know that this thing happened that bugged me. Um, but that's super rare, Nintendo of America does not really prioritize the competitive scene of any of their games to the point where... Take, like, I was reading about the ARMS community the other day. Um, did you know that ARMS is a competitive game played in Japan, and you don't need to use the waggle controls to play it? Because, thanks to Nintendo of America, we sure fucking didn't. So. Oh, Mike is cutting up. Eh. Uh, I will just keep talking until you fix that. But. So, yeah, Big House 10 was supposed to happen online, uh, which is a big deal because it's an o- it's an online Melee tournament. There was a hack released recently of Melee called Slippy, which adds rollback netcode. And that has worked amazingly for Melee. And especially in 2020, what with COVID, it has been invaluable to that community for actually still holding events. Well... Nintendo found out that that was going to be used, and they fucking cease and desisted the entire goddamn tournament because, and I quote, Unfortunately, the upcoming Big House tournament announced plans to host an online tournament for Super Smash Bros. Melee that required use of illegally copied versions of the game, which is a lie, uh, in conjunction with a mod called Slippy during their online event. Nintendo therefore sent a CD. I don't get the purpose at all. Like, I don't get why you would fucking do this. It like Nintendo doesn't. They they don't have any copies of Melee for sale through first party Nintendo anywhere. They don't make any money off of the game anymore. The only thing that I can think is that. For some dumb reason, Nintendo thinks that doing this will get the people who currently play Melee to go play Smash Ultimate instead of just pissing them off and forcing them to go to, like, Brawlhalla or one of the other platform fighter clones that have been released 
a lot of them specifically mentioning, hey, we don't do the annoying shit that Nintendo has constantly done to your community. And I don't really want to defend the Melee community here because Smashers, they suck, lol, whatever, but this is bullshit, and I really, really, at this point, am just super angry at Nintendo for, honestly, their behavior just over the past few months alone has been really gross to me. They've always had, like, this weird, disgusting corporate edge to a lot of their actions, but it feels like between this, the essentially selling of ROMs on a timed basis, like, and a lot, just a lot of the other moves that they have committed that we've chronicled over the past, like, year and change, just not good. They really make me not want to support this company anymore. Yeah, Mike's back. Um, I do know ARMS is a popular game over there, and I do agree with just about everything that you have been saying this entire time. Sorry, I just kept. I, I was have, going to keep talking I, until I saw the mute thing go away. I I I don't have much to add to it um, because you basically covered everything. But yeah, I I agree, man. It, it's Nintendo has not been doing a great job with yeah. that in and, any way, shape, and form. The fact that like they will sell things like the Super Mario 25th or 30th or whatever the hell year we're on anniversary thing that just came out. Like, they will sell games wholly based on nostalgia. And this is actually something that kind of came up with the Astro Playroom thing that I didn't get to as well. But Nintendo does it in a different, more egregious way, so I'll just focus on them. They will remind you of old games. Like, hey, remember this thing that you liked? You can buy it again. Or even if they're not selling a new thing, hey, remember this game that we made that you liked? Yeah, go play it. Um, you remember this fighting game that you enjoyed that has a vibrant community to the point where, honestly, Smash Melee was one of the things that kept like a local venue afloat for years around here? Uh, yeah, you can't play it online because we don't like the fact that you modified the netcode in our netcodeless video game. Just baffling to me. I don't. I don't. I don't fucking get it. Yeah, and I know what you mean. They're dumb, and I hate them. <laughs> um. On that note, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention? No, I think we're good. I think we covered a lot today. Oh yeah, this was a rather uh, beefy boy podcast here, full hour and fifteen, as opposed to the usual hour. Um. But yeah, this has been this episode of the Smooth Burrito. We will catch you later. Later on.